Thank you for listening to the Convergence House of Prayer podcast. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Greg Seamus. I think what we want to, I think we're like kind of where I want to kind of make the target, maybe land the plane, uh, is out of 2 Corinthians. So if you have your digital Bibles, uh, if you have your paper Bibles, um, go ahead and and turn or push to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And um, I, what I did is I scribbled down a couple thoughts that um, scribbled is not a good, well, it is a good word if you looked up my notes. It, it is scribble. Um, and, and so I just kind of have these, these bullet points that I want to release over us this, this morning. Uh, it's still morning, barely. Um, and... And then I want to kind of want to focus in on this particular portion of Scripture, all right? So the first, the first little point I want to lay out is that um, we live eternally loved. So turn to, your per- turn to the person next to you is that we live eternally loved. So we live loved. Now, I know there was an old song that, there's actually two old songs that are jumping through my head. One of them is, I already forgot, and the second one is, looking for love in all the wrong, right? And there's, I don't know, I can't even remember, Um, but that's okay. So... um, you know, love, this, this, this word love is something that uh, I guess someone wrote the song What the World Needs Now. Did I already say that? No. All right. Okay. So, yeah. Um, they just don't need love. They need God's love. And um, if, you're, if you're, you know, coming out of the 60s and 70s, which really dates us, um, you know, we, we are talking about, you know, we talk about love a lot. We talk about, you know, we love ice cream. We love our dog, Fido. We love our church. You know, we love, you know, tri-tip. Uh, we love, come on now. Um, you guys are all, all the guys. No movement until then, all right? And so, so what we've done is we've, uh, in a lot, of ways, a lot of ways, we've confused what love is. We don't know how to define it, um, but what I'm finding out as I'm getting older is that, that really God is love, and that means that the, the nature and character of who God is is love. It's, it doesn't, it's not God knows about love. God really wants us, you know, the very essence of who He is is love, but what kind of love is it? You know, uh, our culture defines love in a lot of different ways, and a lot of it's warped. It's usually, I love you if, you know, if you do this, or if you do that, or if you're like this, or if you, you're like that, then, then you're going to get my love, whatever that is. So, it's defined around conditions. Um, a closer one would be, I love you because. And though those are great expressions of, 
of love. I love you because you're, you're kind. I love you because there's still, it's still built around what someone else does, right? So, and it can be very affirmative. I'm not saying you can use it in a right context, but still is I love you. But God's love is I love you, period. I love you when you were a criminal. I love you when you were a murderer. I love you when you were, I, I just love you, period. It's a love that's not based on conditions. That means God's love can't be earned. And for a lot of believers, especially for, for some reason, I've been living in the believers camp for a number of years now, um, being a pastor and equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. But what, I, what I've found out is that we tend to, we tend to uh, acknowledge that we're saved by grace, but we live out our Christianity by works. Now, we won't say that theologically because we know better. Like, we know we're saved by grace. But at the same time, if we're constantly trying to win God's approval, then we don't fully understand that we're saved by grace. You see, you're already approved. We live from the approval of God, not for the approval of God. Now, we have to understand that when I say God, you know, that's the Godhead, but really, let's just focusing on the, the Father heart of God. So, I, and it's so easy for me to begin to live for approval because if I'm praying for something, have you ever prayed these prayers? I don't know, maybe I'm the only one. If you're praying for something, your mind drifts and you say, I've done this for so many years. I've been faithful. I've done this. I've gone to church. I've tithed. I've done, I've done everything, Lord. Like we give them our list. And we say, here's our list. And based on our list, you should do this for me. And I, I love the fact that he's the eternal father. So sometimes when your kids say something, you're not going to you know, you're not going to bash him for that. You're going you're gonna to help him understand or her understand the process. You see, you're already approved. The approval came at the cross. It's not based on your merit. It's based on Jesus' merit. It's based on what he did for you, not what you can do for yourself. But so often it creeps in to where we feel that we have to have a, a level of, let's just say, works or our list in order to get Father's attention. And I tell you, I, have, I can't tell you how many times I've been there. I can't tell you how many times I've counseled people. And it's, and it's, just, their, it's just, it's pure honesty. It's I've done this, I've done that, I've did all the things that I am supposed to do. And I'm not so much criticizing that, I'm just saying that that's a little bit off, and praise God that you're doing those things. But 
underneath the root system is why are you doing those things and how are you doing those things? And so, what, so often what we do is we get behind Scripture, but we don't, we somehow, I don't want to say this in a bad way, but we have uh, in, in some ways divorced our relationship with Jesus in terms of abi- abiding in John 15, and we begin to function from the, strictly from the Word of God without the living Word in communion. We're not in communion with the living Word. And so when we're not in communion with the living word, we have a tendency to just go ahead and do the word and then, and then have an expectation based on what we've done in the word. And I'm not saying there's a, there's a fruit that comes from that. I'm saying there's a deeper, deeper level of union and a, the, I, would conf, I would say the will of God is let the fruit come from this place of abiding. Not from my list. And sometimes we're so broken that we, we, we show the list as a, this is the contract. Anyone ever been there? I don't know if you're quiet because you've been there or not. But I've been there. I've been there when it just doesn't make sense. I've been there when you feel all alone. I've wrestled in the dark places and with the questions that I have, but I'm not, I'm not so, I wasn't so much wrestling as a, Theologically, I would say I'm wrestling as a son. I, I, I think I'd be wrestling as a worker who's been faithful. And if we're not careful, what we, want to, what we do is we actually create an expectation that we want our Heavenly Father to meet based on the things that we're doing, and we feel like God is unfair because He's not meeting them. This is totally not what I had planned five minutes ago. I had someone pray over me at the school. He's a former Baptist pastor. And he's a, one of the leaders in the A school, B school actually, and, he, and he's British. His name is Trevor. Try it. You guys are, you guys are great. Trevor. I know I'm that's lame, but I, I, I don't have my Siri on any English, like British speakers. You know, Siri has the British woman and the British man. I can't even understand. I, I need like regular, you know what I'm saying? So I, anyway, and they were doing an impartation time and uh, he's just talking to me, praying over Wendy and I. And he goes, throw away the notes. Did I say it kind of close to that? Throw away the notes. I don't have a long list, but I, I don't want to ramble either. 
And you guys are like, yes, you don't want to, you don't, don't want to ramble. So our value is not tied to our job, our net worth, our position at anything. It's not tied to the power we have been given or the authority that we've been given or not given. But because so much of the church is orphaned, Churches split because we feel like we're not recognized. People get hurt because they feel like we're not recognized. You know, like it all comes from down here in the eyes of the heart. We have to understand that everything is a gift. Salvation is a gift. The cross is a gift. The love of God is a gift. The gift of the Spirit is a, they're gifts. It's all gifts. In other words, there was no way that Greg could ever attain what God had, the standard that God had laid out. No way. Everything flows from heaven into your heart. Do you know that? Everything comes from the Father. Did you know that? Even the works of Jesus says, the works that I do, I see my Father doing. When the presence of the, when the Holy Spirit fills a room, He's pouring the love of the Father out into people's lives. You know, this kind of stuff, because what I, here's how I process, you guys write it, you, I'm going to tell you anyway. So I hear something, and, it, and revelation always starts here, not here. Now, it doesn't mean it can't connect here. It has to. For me, it has to. But, but the eyes of the heart are open. You get hit with revelation. I don't know if you ever told somebody, like, I just received something from the Lord. And they go, what is it, and what does it mean? I don't know. I can't, even de- I can't even tell you. Well, can't you de- de- describe, define it just a little bit? No. No, no, I can't. I can't. You know, and the linear thinker said, well, it's not revelation. <laughs> but revelation starts here, and the mind has to catch up. The mind follows the heart. So when I receive revelation, I, see, I, receive, I, get a, I get a yes in me. I don't know if you ever felt that yes. or You know, you, you just get this, yes, I, I know this is from the Lord, and it gets me excited to dig. It's almost like there's buried treasure there. I see it. I know it's there. It's hitting my heart. It's coming from heaven because I know the voice of the Lord. I know it's coming from heaven, and now I have this, this shovel in my hand, and now I'm going to dig more for this revelation. So I go to this. Oops. I go to the Word. And as, I was going, as I'm going through the Word over the last year, 
I'm like, why didn't someone tell me this when I was 25? Why didn't I know this when I was 30? Why didn't they, why didn't they teach this to me when I was in Bible college and I got my degree? Never a class on this, ever. Christology, yes. Pneumatology, yes. You know, the church, yes. The Father, no. Not one. Not one. Not even a, I don't even remember like a class, like an hour class lecture. Not one. But it was the mission of Jesus to get us to the Father. How can you not teach this? How can you not lay this out? So you get past your anger. I'm going to write the college. Maybe they just, they, they assumed that I knew. Like, bro, it's right there in the Scripture. Well, so is Jesus, and you have a whole, you know, like, right there in the Scripture. So it feels weird to talk about, let's see what the Father says. That's weird for me to say that. Like, I call, I, I've had a breakthrough. This is not a word. I don't even know why I even told you to go to 2 Corinthians. I do, but doesn't mean you have to fold it up and, uh, well, well kind of, yeah. So it's, 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 it's strange for me, like, I'm, I'm, like I'm, I'm calling the father dad. Like, I'm sitting down, I, I'm a morning person, you know me, I got... Got my space, man. Early in the morning, it's like, Dad, I don't know how to handle this. That's so weird for me. Because the father was, you couldn't even see his face. Light shining everywhere, right? I'm thinking of Daniel, right? Ancient of days, right? Like, there's got to be a reverence. So the father was unapproachable, but then I see Jesus in his most dire, sweating great drops of blood, talk about being stressed out, talk about being anxious, talk about you're on the nerve, you're on the verge of some kind of whatever in the garden, and then that's when he says, Dad, it's called Abba. He didn't resort to ancient of days. He's like, Dad, if, if this cup can pass from me, I would, I, I would really like that. But it's not about my will, it's about yours. But Dad, draw near, I need you. He called Dad. That was good enough for Jesus. I supposed to call father, dad? 
That lines up with the Word. Oh, how do you know that? Well, Jesus said it. Well, that's Jesus. Well, then you need to go to the book of Galatians and read Galatians chapter 4. Because it says that now, based on the cross of Christ, I have been placed as a son. Where we can now say, Dad. That's what Paul's saying. Well, who's the Apostle Paul? Well, he's the Pharisee of Pharisees. Well, you know, he, he understood the Torah. He understood the law. He understood it all. He came, the Scripture says, he came from a strict sect of Pharisees. In other words, there was a strain in the Pharisaic movement that only a small percentage of people could aspire to and attain That's where Paul was. Brilliant. You mean the brilliant Apostle Paul was addressing the father as dad? Yeah. That's, now, that's crazy. That's crazy for me. Because I've always been, I'm going to be faithful. Nothing wrong with that, right? Right? Nothing wrong with that. Wherever you send me, I'll go. Who has that level of commitment? We, we all should, four people. He says it again in Romans 8. So as reverent as the book of Daniel is, it was under the Old Testament, Old Covenant. Then you have this new covenant. And as far as it was in terms of you never lose reverence, calling someone father or dad doesn't mean you don't revere or respect that person you honor. You guys quiet? You guys turn to your neighbor and say, hey, man, I, yeah, I think I'm tracking with them. You can do that. And in the, the difference between here and here is an old rugged cross. Jesus paid it all. And made us acceptable to the Father. Now, when I say acceptable, that's probably not a good word to use because the Father has always loved us. And how does God love? There's no conditions. He loves us, we call it unconditionally. I have conditions because I'm weak and I'm a human. 
Now, I don't have a strict line of conditions, but I find out even through my connections, there's these hidden conditions that pop up. But he's perfect. That means his love is unconditionally perfect. Ooh. So we have we have we live in a culture. Forgive me for kind of doing this. We live in a culture where everything is earned. Virtually everything is earned. People earn a promotion. People earn a degree. You know, you earn a living. And I'm not saying those things are are wrong. I'm just saying that in the kingdom, you live by an inheritance. And from that place of inheritance, we're responsible for what's been given. So I don't have to earn God's love. I need to receive God's love. See, the wrath of God's already been satisfied on the cross. So it's all about now receiving and believing. But there's a side of me, Paul talks about this. You know, he has this battle between the flesh and the spirit, right? He's Romans 6, 7, and 8. He's talking about this. There's a side of me that wants to, wants to earn it. Because in our culture, everything's earned. Your grades are earned. So we live in a culture where everything is earned, but in the kingdom, everything is given. It's almost too good to be true. You mean I don't have to earn the love of God? No, you just need to receive the love of God. God came down in the flesh, and he's the one who paid the price so you can receive. Wow. So that means you don't have to stress out so much. You don't, have to, you don't have to work so hard. Oh. You get to rest. What's rest in the Silicon Valley? So how do we do life from a place of not having to earn? I'm talking spiritually. Not having to earn but to believe and receive. So, for many years, I'm working for God, and I'd be very excited to tell people that. Now, I'm learning to work from God. Does that make sense? The only way fruit is produced is if it's resourced from the vine. You can't have fruit minus the vine. Jesus says we just cut it off and we burn it. If it is, oh. 
So fruit's produced because it's attached to a source. Fruit doesn't come through striving and effort. It's a natural response to what's growing, what, what's being sent into the branch and fruit's produced. What does that mean? That means time with the Father is not just some discipline that we step into because we have to be good Christians. Time with the Father, says in either first or second Peter, is that when we spend time with the Lord, he's loving us, and the divine nature grows in us. Whoa. First I thought, where's the Catholic church? Yeah. I didn't even see Kenny sneak up like that. Did I say Second Corinthians? Wow, how do I turn the corner? I didn't even get to the second point. So when I experience, and I'm using the word experience, when I experience the Father loving me unconditionally, I can love myself. And one of the things I've seen through the years is how many believers beat themselves to death. But if you understand the revelation of the Father's love for you, then you can actually live the second commandment, which is to love your neighbor as yourself. You see, the problem, man, I can go... The problem with so, mu- so many of us, I'll just, th- I'll just make that statement, is that when we don't feel like we're accepted, truly accepted for who we are, I'm talking about the deep corners of your heart, talking about your strengths, your we- everything about you. When we don't, f- we don't live accepted by Father and experience that, we have, to, we have to find acceptance somewhere. It's a search of the human heart. We want to be loved for who we are. And we were talking to a, ga- a couple at the school, and I don't know if she was, what her culture, where, how she was raised, I can't remember. All I remember is, is that she was very desperate in the uh, Hindu. She's Hindu. She was, praise God, right? And so, anyway, long story short, she went, she talked to, I think, a pastor or somebody, and somehow the revelation hit her heart that she was loved by Jesus. And she said, Someone loves me? Someone loves me? Her husband was out involved in immorality, and you, you can imagine, right? Just like you feel completely forgotten, unimportant, abandoned, betrayed. Your faith doesn't teach you anything about love. What do you do with that kind of life? 
So when she found out that she was loved, she gave all. She couldn't do any, she couldn't do, the sky was the limit in terms of, in terms of what she had to do and how loyal she could be to somebody who loved her. That's, that's what I'm trying to get at. Can I say that you don't have to be anybody but yourself to be fully accepted? Everyone's trying to be like everybody else. Now, we kind of say that's not true, but why do people get depressed when they look at Facebook or social media? Because we compare our life to their highlight reel. You're fully accepted. You're fully loved. And I don't have time to talk about Psalm 139. I don't have time to talk about how he's knit you and how he's formed you and how he's done all that. He's, he's done all that. You, you don't have to be anybody but yourself. I'm talking about bumps and loss of hair and whatever. If we don't have a revelation of the Father heart of God, then we'll live void in our, our love is incomplete, I'll just say that. And we strive and we try and, we try and be somebody that we're not and we, it's just empty, it's a struggle, it's, we're comparing, we don't talk to somebody because we're jealous. See, this whole revelation of the Father heart shields us from jealousy, envy. Because we know we have a Father who takes care of us 100%. He's for us and not a... And I think the way I'm going to at least legally wrap up 2 Corinthians chapter 1... Look at here. Blessed, verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. You know, I, sometimes I hear about people who are like, I'm called to be an apostle. Read, read 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and tell me if you really want to be an apostle. Here's the apostle Paul, right? What, 21... 21 letters in the New Testament. The great Apostle Paul. Completely broken. Whipped five times with 39 lashes. I mean, just go to 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We don't have time. 
But I'm talking about like, but he knew he has a heavenly father. How do I know that? Because he says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the Father of all comfort. If we don't feel like we're totally accepted, then we won't be comforted by the Father. We'll refuse it. What do you mean? I I mean, I've been in... If I feel God's distant, who do I go to? If I feel the Father's distant, when I'm broken, who do I go to? I mean, fully. I'm not talking about like lifting up a prayer. I'm talking about being comforted by Father. What does that mean? That means that that's almost declaring that you're weak. And that's hard for men, for some men. Like you need to be comforted. But Paul here, after 39 lashes in his back and after being betrayed, he went to the Father of all comfort. I can't go to somebody and be comforted if I don't trust him. Same? But when we grow in the revelation of the heart of the Father, we, ha- we can come to this place where he is fully trusted. And you can bring your brokenness there. What does that mean? That means you might just weep on your couch and say, Father, I need you to hold me right now. That's what comfort is. That's saying, Father, I just need you to put your arms around me right now because I have no idea what's going on and I, I, I can faith it out, I can speak, I can make a declaration, but there are just times where you just gotta sit there and let him put his arm around you. And that's not wrong, and that's not necessarily weak in the terms of the world. It's everything to a father, though. And when my kids came to me and they're broken and they're in tears, all they want me to do is put my arms around them. In fact, they don't even want me to say anything. Dad, just put your arms around me and hold me. My wife will do the same thing. Just put your arms around me and hold me. You don't have to have a solution. You don't have to fix it. All you have to do is put your arms around me because there's power and comfort. But if we don't understand he's father and he's perfect and how he fathers, we'll think we have to be strong. And I felt this morning in worship, I felt like, you know what, there are people probably in this room that you are going through what I call H-E double toothpicks. It's the opposite of heaven. Now, I just want to give you permission that you can actually go to your heavenly Father, weep all over his shoulder, say you don't get it, but he's the God of all comfort. He's the God of all comfort. I don't know how that is. I think it's something, there's, a, there's a supernatural deposit around that.
And that's hard for a person like me because I didn't, my dad passed away when I was 17 years old. And I just remember a couple times, maybe him holding me. That's about it. That's about it. So what I do is I tough it out. Say, I know what I'm supposed to do. And I'm telling you, in the natural, men, be intentional with putting your arms around somebody and championing them. Well, last week we had, this is my last thing, I promise. Last week we had people come and we just hugged them. Right? That was a step of faith for me to, I mean, I, I, I like hugging people. If you get around me, you're going to get a hug or something. You're going to, and some guys I'll just, <clears throat> you know how guys, that's just, sends them, you know, anyway. Maybe it doesn't. But there's, there, was, there were some people who have had very little hugs in their life. It's an embrace. It's the Father's embrace. They don't know how to approach the Father at that level. Can I say that's okay? But when you're in that secret place, that's where you draw strength. I don't know, on your way home, if you need the, the Father to embrace you, ask him. That makes sense? As long as your arms don't curl up and you lose control of the car. Don't. He's the God of all comfort. And there's often times when I've just done this, I don't even know what the problem is. But that's not what they need. Because in the comfort comes security. And you know what? The Father is in your corner. All right? He's in your corner. Always has been. Always. He's never not been. Amen? All right, let's stand. If you're in that place where you're just going through something that's Significant. I don't know how else to phrase it. I, I know I said H-E double toothpicks, whatever. Like, <clears throat> I just want to take a moment and I want to pray for you. I know we'll have ministry team here and they'll minister to you. And but if if you're if you're in that place, just slip a hand up. I'm not going to invite you to come forward or anything, but I do want to pray for you. See, I'm in, the, I'm in a place right there. I need, I need Father just to, to break in. I need heaven to break in. I need heaven to break in. I need heaven to break in. Yeah, put your hand up real high. I just, yeah. Yeah. So, Father, we know you're the Father of all comfort. I pray supernaturally as hands are raised that you would approach them and just put your arms around them. You know, sometimes it's just everything's going to be all right. You know, it's just everything's going to be all right. 
And I just want you to know that he has, he has you in the palm of his hand. He, he understands everything that's going on. You might not understand it. You might be just so confused. You have no idea. You're in the whirlwind. But I'm telling you, he, he knows. And so right now, oh, Father, put your arms around them. Embrace them. Let them feel and sense the security in the middle of the storm. You're there. You're there. You're there. Like Jesus in the garden, we just say, Dad, there's a lot of stuff going on right now, and I just need my heavenly dad to show up. So just picture him putting his arms around you and embracing you. Yeah, just receive that. Just receive it. The scripture says, in our weakness, he's made strong. So we acknowledge our weakness. And we say, now some people say Papa, right? You say, Dad, just come. Yeah. Amen. We're going to have Caitlin come on up, and uh, she's going to give us some instruction. And then we're, we're available down here if you guys need to chat with us afterwards. So. Um, before we close service and I get to the instructions, um, I just felt led to share something that the Lord was kind of pouring into my heart while Pastor Greg was preaching. Um, part of being, part of walking as a child of God and part of the intimacy for me has, I, I forgot who I was before I started trying to be a good Christian. Does that make sense? So, like, I go to Bible college. I learn about all these different ways to pray and preach and minister and spend time with the Lord. And I'd forgotten the ways that I'd done it when I was a child, the ways that were my ways. Um, Revelation 2, when he's talking to the first church, I think it's Corinth. I don't know. Don't quote me. Go read the Bible. Um, but he's, <laughs> but he's saying, like, return to the ways before this I have against you. And I always read that like, oh, he has this thing against me, but that's not what it is. He's saying, I loved when you used to dance for me. I loved when you used to insert thing that you guys used to do. You know, whether it was when you were a child or when you were brand new Christian, you know, whenever you came to know Jesus, because those immature ways, right? Like we, we, we call it maturing in Christ, but we're accidentally sometimes pretending to be someone that we're not. And I think that for me, part of my journey for the last couple of years has been a lot of freedom coming out of like relearning those things. Like, like I'll be like, oh yeah, I love praying that way. And God's like, yeah, you used to always do that. I don't know why you stopped. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's weird. Well, glad we're back on track, you know? Um, and I just want to encourage you guys, like, as we close service, as we go into our weeks, ask God what those things are for you, whether it be prayer time, whether it be how you read your Bible, whether it be how you talked about him, how you talked to the people at Safeway about him, how, like, all of the things that maybe you pulled back from, right, readjust, reassess those things, 
because he loved them. He loves every way we try to love him. So um, as I have the prayer ministry team come up, they're going to be up here for 20 minutes. Um, So I'm just going to pray over us, and then we'll be good to go. So, Father, we just thank you, God, for loving our immature (laughs) ways of loving you. We thank you, God, for loving us as children and seeing us as children. And, Father, I just pray right now, even in this moment, that you'll reveal to us ways that we've used to spend time with you, ways that we worshiped, ways that we evangelized and taught and preached. And I just pray, God, that as these things come to surface, that you'll remind us of the fire that was behind it in our lives and that there will be freedom and chains breaking off of us, Lord. We just thank you, God. We thank you that you are so kind and so gentle, but you are ferocious (laughs) and you go after our hearts with tenacity. You are a good father. I just pray a blessing over everyone here today. I just pray, God, as they go in their weeks, that they will just walk closely with your Holy Spirit. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more messages like this, please subscribe and thank you for listening.